Hello and welcome back to Software Podcast. I'm pleased tonight to get the two usual men back in the studio, Zach and Harvey. Got you boys in for a bit of a different pod today. We're going to have a, a debate, a debate that's been running around the group chat for at least six months now between me and Zach with Harvey piping in the old time. Basically, the ERC versus the Premiership is the debate and we're going to split it into numerous categories and then by the end, come to some sort of agreement or agree to disagree, Zach. But yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get straight into it. And we're gonna start with the audience and accessibility is our first section. So Zach, mm-hmm. I will open the floor to you. You are pro premiership. I'm pro URC. Harvey's about 50-50. Tell me why the premiership is better. Well, I think, first of all, you got to understand Premiership. If you want to talk about accessibility and audience, um, I mean, the deal with BT Sport kind of speaks for itself. You're guaranteed a game on a Friday night, you're guaranteed a game on a Saturday, and you're guaranteed a game on a Sunday. That's three games out of a possible, what it must be, 13, so what, six out of a possible six games every week. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself, I think. And then the money that generates, um, the interest in even growing the audience in terms of um you know the the leicester fan can also watch wasp saracens on a sunday um, and can be properly invested in the league um so if you want to go off kind of the tv deal i mean that's a big big plus i think for the premiership that you can't ignore and then with that comes a growing audience um what are you gonna do on a friday night well here we'll turn on the bt sport and watch um I don't know, Tigers versus Saracens or, or something. Um, so to add, Quickly to add to that as well, I'm obviously the impartial man here, but something just popped in my brain. The premiership is contained within one country. Like, if you're an Ulster fan, realistically, you're only ever going to go watch home games, and that's probably your only ever, only ever bet. Like, unless you're really dedicated and you're off doing your South Africa tours, then I respect you. But, like, it's not <laughs> as common, probably, than... Particularly well, if you were like a southern-based team in the Premiership, you got you got to have a bunch of teams around you. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a true, and you, you do see that on BT Sport. Obviously, not for every game, but especially games between say Irish and Wasps, a big kind of derby in a sense, or Quinn, uh, kind of London-based Cubs. You know, you have a lot of kind of both fan bases going to games, um, but also that those fan bases traveling and traveling well. Exeter are always well supported around in their away games. Um, credit to their fan base, also Worcester as well. Um, I mean, you can't you can't ignore it that I think the Premiership, in terms of being set up for accessibility, is more accessible than the URC. Um, so new figures, you. new figures have just been released for the URC after round twelve. There was a current total of. Let me just read it here. So uh, the ERC continues to draw over 1 million viewers each weekend with the current total 13.3 million viewers at currently at round 12. That isn't before this weekend. We've got Leinster Monster in the Derby, which will, I'm sure, bring in big figures, along with the playoffs and all. So the, the, the whole debate that no one watches the ERC because maybe it's on Premier Sports, it's not accessible, I feel that is starting to become a weak argument. No, I disagree because, I mean, the elephant in the room is the fact that, um, you know, there it's so many countries involved in the ERC, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, South Africa, Italy, 
I think you have to look at those um, viewing stats proportionally. I don't think you can, because obviously you think, especially a massive uh, population size of, say, South Africa. Um, I mean, that's probably a big chunk of your, what, 12 million viewers. I'd like to see the breakdown of those uh, viewers. Do you, want the, do you want to know the breakdown? Uh, yes, right. So the top five highest um, audiences, number one was Monster Against the Stormers, where you had... 308,000 uh, viewers. Then it was Monster versus Sales Sea Sharks. CLC Sharks, which was slightly less, 278,000. Where were um, those games based? Those are both in Monster, in Fulman Park. Okay. And then you had Cardiff against Connet. 677,900. Was its peak viewership? Then you had Scarlets against the Lions. I'm gonna go and figure that's around two fifty. Then Benning uh, against the Stormers, which is nearly hit one seven five. So yeah. you got Benning are in there, uh, Connor are in there, Monster are in there. But I know what you mean. The um, the um, the teams we're chatting about there, the South African teams are are involved in a lot of those games. So South African viewership obviously is high. But I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even trying to make the argument that no one watches the ERC. That's just. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. You can't. I'm not. I'm not for one saying that, that people don't watch it. I think, to be honest, I think maybe even the whole argument of accessibility audience maybe is kind of sub to the the main argument, which which is better. I think it kind of. I suppose you can kind of maybe it's like a tag on add on to your argument, um, making the case for accessibility and stuff. Um, but the South African teams have brought more eyes to the URC. I think 100%, that. 100%, and to be honest, it's been a gamble that's paid off. I'm not denying it. I'm not even saying that the URC is a bad standard. I'm just here to prove. I'm just here to argue my case. I think across the board in general, Premiership rugby is better rugby. That's kind of that's what I'm here to. That's what I'm here to argue. So, uh, well, we'll get on the first category anyway. We're saying both yeah. leagues are well, well watched, well received. Which in the past wasn't with the Pro 14. It, it struggled for viewership. I would like. But, I would like to know in terms of okay, we've we're very much focused on the TV side of things. I don't know if you have the stats to hand tell, but something that we'll look into is um, South Africa. So obviously, it naturally, like a lot of people are going to go support the Irish provinces. Um, not a lot of people are going to go watch the Welsh provinces. Um, and well, not a lot of people watch the Scotland provinces. And then I'd love to know the stats and the audience um, of the South African games this year, just from the point of view of everyone kind of knows in Super Rugby, just the audiences are just never there, never were there in, in recent history before COVID. So it would be interesting just to know in general. Those, the, what the, would you say? Would you say Premiership audiences are packed? We can we count. Not necessarily. I think I think the argument is the same, where some clubs are very well supported and other clubs aren't. Um, you know, I think you... it's it's a difficult one because COVID's played a factor at the start there, so there was some, there wasn't as many fans. I think the rules are starting to relax in South Africa. I know some of the and they are playing in big stadiums, so it's hard to know what the what the reception like. Um, and I think the. Um, 
it's hard to know that because of COVID, but I think next year we'll get a proper sense of how well supported these teams are, whether that be Sharks, Stormers, in terms of actual fan base, because it was very it was reduced capacities this year, so you didn't really know. And there's no doubt the the difference on a European night, say at the Kingspan or at Foman Park, Foman Park maybe is always you gotta give Monster credit. They're very well, very well supported. Always packed out. Um, like the are, RDS yeah. in particular wouldn't be yeah. renowned for being packed out. So I'd say that now that's probably a good point, Zach. I'd say attendance is definitely um, wouldn't be fully fully maxed out. I wouldn't say you've had packed stadiums week in week out. But I'm interested when the playoffs come here. What the what the what the audiences would be saying in that sense. And I know Welford Road in particular has clocked some big numbers this year in terms of yeah. big on big nights. And what I like as well with the premiership is when they do their the the Christmas special at Twickenham and you're getting eighty thousand in, whether that be Quinn, who was it this year? Quinn's Quinn's played in it. And you're getting London Irish down there. Saris are always Saris played in um Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this year. That was against like Bristol. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Bristol. Like that's that's cool. You can definitely see the parallels coming through. I think of the different. You can definitely see the parallels. Some teams were all supported, and just the initiatives they're kind of taking. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's 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 interesting. I think. Um, I think though, like it's that thing of as Ulster fans, having Ulster rugby on a Friday night, whether they were home or away, us growing up was a massive factor. I think in the support of Ulster and the. Um, in the interest in, in the Pro 12 or the Pro 14. Uh, and then to kind of lose that, now we do have it back for some games, but the, when they lost that, like obviously it coincided with a few other instances at Ulster, but that saw a massive dip in interest in Ulster rugby. Yeah, and you in particular, you in particular didn't start, you're a Magnus League, you were a Magnus League lad, Magnus League, the, back in the, day. Magnus League, the back yellow ball. Daniele on the wing. <laughs> that, because because it was accessible the first yeah, point the accessibility think, factor and to be fair it's a it's on a paid platform which isn't as accessible and more people have bt sport because of the likes of your champions league exactly, your exactly. ufc whatever you want to watch in bt sport there's more perks to bt sport so if you're choosing you personally as a consumer's act you want I'm choosing it's an internet service provider as well. You you can get it free yeah, with your exactly. internet. So yeah. So I mean, I think the premiership definitely benefits from that a lot. People naturally just have BT Sport. If anything, people have BT Sport over Sky Sports these days. And if their main interest is football or or rugby, there's a massive pro even for that. And the final getting announced the premiership final, Channel Four and stuff, that's huge. Yeah, that that's huge. And I think that's the goal of the game in general, but I'll kind of entice them in. Who oh, yeah, is this is actually great. I'm gonna I go pay for BT Sport to to watch it on a weekly basis, but there's definitely pros and cons. I think the both leagues in terms of audience and accessibility, there's more to be done. Um, but yeah, it would be. Well, I'd say the BT Sport factor, I'd give up. We're probably Premiership Rugby wins there because yeah. it is more accessible currently with BT Sport and also Section One. I'd say goes Premiership Arby as. Moderator, I'm kind of admitting defeat on the first one, but I thought I'd give some good arguments of why the URC is growing and should should you know? No, you make but. you make some good points. I think you like you said bringing new teams in, the fact that it's so split across multiple nations, the fact that only in the last couple of years have you switched broadcaster 
you know, BT Sport's been there for a couple of years now with the Premiership, and it's just a much bigger. It was a much bigger platform in the first place, anyway. So, like you said, he, you know, even people that are probably Ulster fans are like, I'd still rather have BT Sport just so I can watch them in the Champions Cup. Like that's that's how much of a swing that's sometimes they like can have. Champions Cups on there. Yeah. Well, so yeah. you can still watch Ulster with BT, and if you don't want to pay the extra fifteen pound a month, whatever it is for Premier Sports, then why would you? So it's like. Yeah, I think this, like you said, there's a long way to go, isn't there? But I, I think you have to give this one to the Premiership, and I'm sure there'll be plenty swinging back in your favour. So we'll as stick to one said, point there. Yeah, as you said, like having some games free there, the fact that you could watch a few games this year, Zach, at home. But then the day, like it's hard just to tune into round one, then round six, then round nine, and and feel the whole league. Like so, that's well, good to be. Anyway, next one: quality of teams. This is where it starts to get a bit spicy. Okay. So the actual standard of the league, the teams in the league, and I'm putting entertainment in there as well. Yeah. Like, so entertainment uh, uh, factor. These 42 all draws, which are incredible. Uh, I was about to say, as the moderator of this debate, I do want to preface the fact that you can grade this in two ways. You know, European performance and actual raw quality of the sides, but then also competitiveness and entertainment of the league. Okay, so I think that's where they both have merits. I think they, you have to split them because if you say purely on the quality of the team, you have to give it to the ERC. Um, the Champions Cup's proved that this year. I will happily concede that Munster, unlucky to apparently shit out, as we know as Liverpool fans, it's really just the luck of the draw. Well, maybe it's a bit different for rugby, but we can talk about that another time. But you look at Leinster, demolishing. That's a, that a pod, Zach. That's uh, a pod, that's a pod in itself there. Like, um, but like Leinster yeah. demolishing Toulouse, even Ulster pushing Toulouse all the way. Uh, and then we get into South African, the South African teams and how strong they've been. And and even um, years gone by, maybe a Connacht or a Glasgow as well. So I'm willing to concede the quality of the team. I mean, we'll talk about more. But week in, week out quality is very different to the quality of the team. And what I mean by that is, is that it, it's, 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 it's Premiership rugby. Because, because Premiership clubs do not have a relationship with the RFU where they're central contracts, they, their big names play week in, week out. Dan Bigger plays pretty much week in, week out for Northampton Saints. Um, name any other figure in general. In general, um, Whereas, obviously, with the likes of central contracted teams such as Irish provinces, Welsh provinces, uh, I, know it's, I know it's different for South Africa, I will, I will admit, but you're not seeing Johnny Sexton week in, week out. He's probably a bad example because he's 37 years old. But these Irish stars that we see, 13 Irish players that started the last Six Nations game playing for Leinster the weekend, you're not seeing them weekend week out in a blue shirt. They only I, I don't think it's fair, though, to say the Leinster case study because that is a complete anomaly because all their whole teams internationals and Leinster have the strength and depth that they can have a league team. And uh, But if you look at Munster, Joey Carberry, the, the likes of Joey Carberry, Peter Manny. If you look at Ulster, they're kind of yeah, but also uh, Henderson, Rob Herring type figures. Their internationals are playing a lot more than they used to but because compared, it's compared to the Premiership, you want to see the best. If you go down to the King's Home on a Friday night, you want to see the best players playing, and there's more. Well, we've got we've got Lucania Am than there is at the Kingspan. Lucania Am is coming down to the Kingspan on Friday night, going up against James Hume. Like that, that's what you want. Is that not what you want? Yeah, that's also because we're in the business end of the competition where there's playoffs involved and stuff like that. This wouldn't happen if we're going back to the maybe five or six weeks in. 
because because of this and it's the same and you know it's the same something that's not what happens you'll see it with Leinster too Leinster will start to play their kind of Champions Cup sides now a bit more um, because they're more kind of higher echelon players because it's it's playoff time it's like okay we're actually now in the business of trying to win something um, I just I just I just think Premiership kind of offers you more um, kind of more consistency in player that's because you can't afford you can't afford to lose but mm. I think that's changing now because like I showed Harvey the table the other day and even a few games out like Ulster had to beat Edinburgh even just to secure Champions Cup qualification yeah. and they played a strong side so it's changing it's one of those mm. Premiership edges at the moment but it's starting to change and you the centre contracted Johnny Sexton's and all they'll always get rested because they have the depth and it's more squad depth than anything than actual league quality. Like You've if Charles can afford to rest, they will. Can my my issue with that as well is so you're coming at it from a very Irish perspective. This is still URC debate here. Like Scotland and Wales just don't hold on to their best players categorically. Don't like all the Scottish stars don't play in Scotland. If they had a choice, they won't play in Scotland. And most of them actually end up in England. And Wales would play in England if it wasn't for the 60-cap rule. So you get all the experienced stars moving away eventually because no one actually wants to play in Wales. You've seen the tatters going on there at the moment. From an Irish perspective, you're very correct. Like, there's a ton of talent, but because of the RFU and the way oh. the RFU and the way it's centrally contracted, you you guys have to stay there. And, any, and you also, I suppose on a positive light, you get a lot of players coming over like James Lowe, like Gibson Park, like Mike Hansen, who end up being Irish and you bring talent to the league because you make them Irish in a way. But there's not really much point in playing in Ireland unless you have plans to play for Ireland. You don't get many players. You know, There's not many stars who, and if they are, they're here for a year or if that, and they're gone again. It's, yeah. There's not yeah. too much of a draw factor there, I don't think. So yeah, we're kind but... of crossing into the third category here, which is global appeal, which is your yeah, world-class true. players, your 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 poster boys. So if we want to, we'll do that now, and then we'll maybe jump back to the quality of the leagues. But so for me, Zach, name your poster boys as a new line that we like. Your boys that are on the banner, Premiership Rugby, Owen Farrell, Maratuji. Who's your poster boys? Who's drawing people to watch Premiership Rugby? And then I'll say who the ones are the ERC, which is when. I think you'll start to realise there's more world-class talent in the ERC than some people think. I'll be I'll be intrigued to see how many of the players you mentioned are South African. But this like, is a very the, recent the, thing. The, the, but that's South probably Africa. why the debate's a debate. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to... I think we can only have this debate because I think we're doing this debate because it's 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 kind of... It's like a tight debate. You know, there's very good arguments for both sides. You take South Africa out of this and... But there was there was there was never that is fair enough because there was there was never a debate when it was the Pro 14 that we always everyone admitted when the Pro 14 was what it was it was nowhere near the Premiership but that's why this debate now happens is because the South African teams are in there. And Etzerbeth, someone like Eden Etzerbeth, he did an interview there and he said, "Why are you coming back?" He's like, "Oh, because because the um like the." Because of the Europe appeal, like sharks and all, they've qualified for Europe. So yeah, it, 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 yeah, that's a massive. And he, he's yeah. gonna be in the RC next. That's that's another poster boy, Eden Etzerbeth. I think Sheslin will be will be think, soon behind him. I don't think the Premiership is going for global appeal though. But the Premiership I, has what? It has Andre Pollock coming in now. It has yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it has Andre Pollock coming in. It has Stuart Hogg. It has Owen Farrell, Marcus Smith, Maratoje. I just don't think though. The Premiership is trying to going after this kind of global appeal, trying to bring in fans that it's never kind of 
like fans that were traditionally football and are fed up or something. I don't think they're trying to do that. So maybe I can, I understand the URC doing it. That's probably because just the nature and the structure of the league, we have a South African team. So, so it is very multinational in a sense, but like the premiership's just one nation and it's England, like the top 14 in France isn't trying to market itself as a kind of global brand. And I think, um, I think it's a very much just kind of in-house kind of brand in a sense, if that makes sense. Add, adding on to what you're saying as well, there's like, I think you're going to find more and more like tells Elizabeth case where he's leaving France or where he's playing at the moment and going to go to South Africa. Because a lot of the South Africans who realistically, if we're talking about global appeal, we're talking about foreign players coming and playing in your league. That's you know, you're covering you're covering five nations in the URC. You've got the England, England and France. We're basically just chatting how many failed South Africans, how many failed Australians and all blacks can you get in your league? Because everyone else is just going to be playing in their own nations, which in that sense, I suppose by default you have to give it to the URC because you hold five of the major nations. You know, well, you think of like Wales as well, the likes of Liam Williams, Jonathan Davis, like these type of lion, lion. If you think about the Lions tour, like the majority of the Lions <laughs> tour were from the ERC, which I know Lions are doing good plan, but in terms of quality of player, we're talking high, high standard here. And I think this is more again, kind of when we're going to wrap up with future, it's not there yet, but the debate is that it's starting to get to that period of time where. The the globalness, the attracting of more fans is it's it's starting to get to that stage where the URC is pushing the prem. And don't get me wrong, Pollard and stuff like it, I do think the prem go after players, but I kind of want to get more of that we Premiership bubbles out because that was kind of the nail that I was going to try and debate with in that terms of <laughs> do the Premiership really care about having the best teams? Or is it about entertaining, high-flowing rugby, BT Sport, big money pumped in? This is the best league to watch for a neutral. Are they just after pure neutral, casual rugby fans rather than growing like a Premier League where you have the best teams, the most entertaining? You can't even say the Premier League's most entertaining league. There's more goals and stuff in other leagues, but is the Premiership in that bubble? as you would say, where it's just purely a financial gain. With... I think you can't ignore the financial side of it and you can't ignore the fact that it is really attractive for the neutral. Speaking to someone who is a neutral watching it, it is an attractive game of rugby. But at the same time, you look at the Premiership, it's a very tight, tight league in general. Um, and it's becoming more and more tight as kind of salary cap rules and things like that. In some ways, I mean, this is probably another pot again but the whole idea of the salary cap is hindering english clubs in europe but at the same time is promoting a really tight tight league um, i know the urc is, is is tight in places too um so what i'm trying to say is i think i think financial side of things yes but also you look at the urc like let's not let's not let's not kind of ignore the fact that a lot of South African players are going back to South Africa because all of a sudden there's now a financial incentive to do so. I mean, you can't ignore that. The reason the South African players left and went to um, even, you know, even Irish provinces or, or French teams generally is because just the, the financial incentive and also the fact that they could go away and still play for South Africa. Obviously, it would have been very different. if. You, you but is that a better league, though, Zach? Is it a better league if the standard in it is lower? You've got the likes of Connett, who 
push Tigers home and away. Still, the that is the top of the league. Standards. And Connor are 12th in the ERC. They're 12th in the ERC and they push top yeah, of the Premier That's just sport, isn't it? Frankfurt 7th in the Bundesliga and haven't won since March, but here they're in the Europa League final. It's kind of like some, some clubs just turn it on in Europe. I think like there's no denying that the standard of the Premiership in terms of them going up, like Leicester were obliterated by Leinster in the first half, a bit different in the second half. And in general, and you see now that no English team is going to be involved in any major European final this year. But at the same time, like let's remember about Saracens a couple of years ago. You could say that the only reason the standard is lower is because of the salary cap. I mean, there's arguments you could, I can name a number of arguments that kind of counteract that. But Saracens without a salary cap, because essentially what they were doing, were winning Champions Cups left, right and centre. It wasn't even Saracens without a salary cap. It was Saracens with a French salary cap, which is yeah. what we need. Like, don't get me wrong, they are on. They have a 10 million euro salary cap. You translate that, it's what, eight and a half million quid, and we're on a five million euro, I would five say, million quid salary cap. I would say in general, with the exception of Bath this year, who's just been woeful, um, the Premiership... Within, if you were like, if you imagine the Premiership without any comparison to outside league, is a is a great is a is a fantastic standard in terms of all the teams are very similar. And, it is, and at this point, we're like we're we're like splitting hairs when we're getting into like like high high standards, uh, of professional rugby. The fact that any team could qualify for the playoffs and certainly qualify for Europe in the Premier uh, Champions Cup, in the English Premiership out of those thirteen teams. Um, as a testament to the league, you look at the ERC, and yes, you have your Leinster's and your South African teams, um, and your Irish provinces. But like you look at the Welsh nations, the Dragons. You look at the Italian nations. Yes, they're improving year on year, but they've also been there year on year. And there's maybe an argument to be made that they're improving at a very slow rate. But then, I mean, that's just Italy in general. So I mean, there's that element where this. The, the the closeness of the league that in any team could get major achievements, i.e. at least qualifying for the Champions Cup as a testament, I think, to the league. But then also you could argue it's its own downfall because the salary cap prevents them from... Um, but this, have you seen any news about the salary cap? All the 13 clubs all decided that about bringing the salary cap down to 5 million yep. from the I want 22 season. So the the clubs have all kind of decided and that's i think i think that's a covid thing more than it's anything else i think that's repercussions from that and what ends up happening is none of them can actually afford it but if you have freedom and you have flexibility and you have ambition which this is the complete antithesis of ambition is you stretch yourselves you and this might not be a sustainable way of running a club but you you take risks the way companies grow the way leagues grow is you take risks you leverage debt, you bring in players, you build crowds by all just agreeing, okay, we can't be bothered to push that extra 15% in our finances. Let's all just push down 10% instead so we can all just be big, happy families. It's just going to increase this gap in Europe, in my opinion, which is, for me, the really worrying bit as a England fan. You guys can look at it and think our Premiership is good entertainment, but realistically, your players are never going to come from the Premiership. Mine are. And it's concerning because... What's happening is the quality, the average quality, and this is just like basic economics, just the average quality is going to come down because you're lowering the average. You're, you're balancing it out. You know, don't get me wrong. This all started because the lower clubs can't afford to pay any more than 5 million. They genuinely can't and they never could. So even when the salary cap was higher, that's all they were paying anyway. It's not like everyone's just been at the max level the whole time. 
but we're getting to a point where everyone is just going to be sitting at the max salary cap because it's that low. And that's really bad because you see players like Anthony Watson, who for so long is just completely undecided. We're on about an England international, one of the best wingers in the premiership who just can't find a club because probably most of the player teams who want to bring him in are trying to wangle the books around or sell players. And you get in this like transfer system where it's like two in, two out every year. And no club can actually build any momentum, any star quality, any actual attractiveness to watch them and push in Europe. Because every time they bring one in, they've got to pull one out. And it's yeah, like... Nandola. Nandola won't Watson in. That's, and then George Ford out Andre Pollard. Andre Pollard in. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're right. Like, you're right. The premiership's own undoing will be their salary cap rules because they are going to be left behind. And how they're going to navigate that, I don't know. Because... You look at like um, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong, Harry Arundel, 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 Arundel. Arundel. No, sorry, but I have been I have been keeping t- t- close tabs on him. Like he's becoming a superstar overnight. You know, he's kind of like the Louis Rissama of this year, and all of a sudden it's just kind of like he's gonna be wanting a because he's young. He's only 19. You know, he's probably not on a massive yearly con- like a five-year contract or something so he's going to be looking um and his price has now just gone up so how do you even keep those young superstars that are coming through um because in some ways the salary cap forces you to develop younger players um and grow them which is great for the whole of english rugby but the downside is is that once they do become the superstars you make them into like how do you keep them you know it, it becomes a bit uh, where it's like arundel as a first team top four winger, fullback, whatever you want to call him, has to go and play for Worcester Warriors. No disrespect to Worcester Warriors, but they have to go and play for Worcester Warriors because the top teams just don't have any yeah. headspace in the wage bill to bring him in and yeah. actually play him. Or the team he's even at can't suffice to the demands. So He's fine at London Irish. He'll be London Irish's main man. He'll but that's, the, that's the biggest concern. London Irish's main man. We're on about a guy who could just walk straight into a top four team and push them into further positions in Europe. London Irish are not going to be challenging for anything in Europe, but maybe a champion, a Challenge Cup quarters. Like you could argue, you could argue, um, even even with the salary cap and all its all its things, it's clearly more. It clearly has to be more money than the URC from certain clubs, because like the likes of um, Van der Merver going to um, Worcester, leaving Glasgow, there surely must be a financial incentive there. Roy Sutherland as well. So they signed two Lions players. Yeah. So, I mean, there's clearly the URC or the premierships may be attractive for players from lesser clubs. And like, because yeah. one of the big, one of the big pluses, which you're not guaranteed with the URC, especially with the likes of an Irish province, because there is that focus on developing Irish players and say you're overseas, is that you're guaranteed game time. You're guaranteed to play week in, week out. And if you're young and that's what you need, uh, it's a perfect environment to grow. My what well, my my issue isn't. I'm not saying if you reduce the salary cap, everyone's going to get better. Complete opposite. What will yeah. happen if you get rid of the salary cap is the disparity gets bigger. Yeah, just in Worcester, Worcester, Worcester rot even further. London Irish rot even further. Newcastle yeah. rot even further. But the top three, four teams become incredible, incredible teams. And that is how, like, don't get me wrong, that might not be great for everyone. And some people and the purists might not like hearing that. But if you want England to, England team, English teams to actually challenge in Europe, you have to have those top teams. There's a reason why Leinster batter the Dragons 70 nil every single time. It's because there is complete disparity between the teams. 
complete disparity. And and the case over in Ireland is obviously completely different because, like we said, you're centrally contracted, so your wages are dictated not by you or your agent, but by your country. And if you want to continue playing in the nation, you just do what they say. And there's only four teams, so you're, you're guaranteed to be in a good side, really. Like you've got the similar sort of talent production that we've got, but you've spread it across four teams. So, yeah. So in terms of we kind of spiraled, but we knew we'd spiral into salary caps. It was inevitable. Um, this is kind of around quality, and we're, we both listed off world class talent in both the Premiership and world class talent in both the ERC, and we both listed off potential internationals coming through in the ERC and potential internationals coming into the Premiership. So for me, the players are there in both. The focus is different in terms of the importance. Is the actual history of the Premiership, does that come into factor here? Is Because a lot of English clubs would prefer to win the Premiership than Europe. Yeah. And Etzerbeth is not coming back to the Sharks to win the URC. He's wanted to compete in Europe with a club, go back home, be around his family and be in the biggest competition in, in Europe and be competing against the likes of two long and old aside he was out there with and he's in a Challenge Cup final with them. So does history come into this? Because the URC has no history. It's the first season. Does that age the Premiership or... Are we going to strictly deal on quality and who's better? Well, I think, I think you're, you're going for cultures, aren't you? Maybe rather than history, the culture of the Premiership, especially around teams like the Tigers and things like that, rich culture. Um, you could argue a rich European culture, to be fair, but certainly a rich um, domestic culture. Um, and you think back and you you look at like, you look at all... Um, like all URC teams that are non-South African. And you got to ask, like, was there ever a big emphasis on the league ever there? Like even Leinster, who like would just walk the Pro 14 most years, or was either, you know, like the, the focus was always European Cups. Even going back to 2007, 2008, the focus was always European Cups. Like, we've, like even as Ulster fans, for example, like you say, what's the highlights? of the Ulster's history. And the first thing you go to is the European Cup winning team in 98, 99. And you would barely even mention the fact they won the Magnus League in 2006. So there's there's elements there where I think just that's just the way it's been. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because the Premiership has always been really competitive and kind of all come through professional at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. I think as well, we talk about the likes of Tigers and Wasps who have a rich European history and Saracens. So that's three English clubs that have rich European. But at the same time, at that time, they were winning doubles. Like it wasn't just Leicester winning the Premier They were winning both. And it'd be interesting to actually get the likes of them on and what was more important. Because O'Gara, he chats about a lot about how it's been so hard over in La Rochelle to get them to care about the European Cup because it was all about the top 14 and he seems to be doing a good job because they're in back-to-back finals so they seem to be caring about it now but <laughs> it would be interesting it would be interesting to like do a comparison and of the top 14 in the premiership because they're just wired similar similarly in, in that sense um like you were saying Telf. so that would be that would be interesting maybe stay tuned do a part b so, yeah in terms of the importance 
importance, all that matters is being the best in the Premiership. So the argument for the Premiership would be it doesn't matter about quality. It doesn't matter as long as you're the best team in England. That's all that matters because we're just comparing them on leagues. We need to stop chatting about Europe and how, how the fact they're struggling in Europe, <clears> put it that way. And it'd be interesting when Saracens come back because I think Saracens have a special a special model and a special team that yeah. will compete in both fronts. And I think There's a good Tigers variety of winners, them. I suppose, in recent years as well. Like I know Saracens had their dominant patch, but I think we can all agree over these next five years, I don't think one any one team in the Premiership is going to just ramp it and win consecutive yeah. years. I yeah, think it's going to be and, a very competitive. And, and, if you put Leinster in that league, Leinster win the next five. Yeah, they win the next 10, 20. Easy. Yeah. So that the whole uh, Leinster, like that's not the RC's fault that they have Leinster. Leinster go to the top 14 and win but, it every but, but year. Leinster, Leinster good. is nature. You can't, like, Leinster are not the rule. Leinster are the exception to the rule. They are that good that their B team and their C team and their D team would beat any club team in the in the Northern Hemisphere on a, on their day, you could argue. But it's it's like having, it's literally like having London Rugby Club and just having every single London-based yeah, like, team just be one team. Yeah. It would be unstoppable. You'd have Saracens, you'd have Harlequins, you'd have London Irish, you'd have everyone just in one team. It'd, it'd be insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like there's... I think the quality of the Premier, to go back to the original point, like the quality of the Premiership is still there. Yes. But to be fair, if you throw in any other team apart from Leinster, then they just kind of, I would say the like. This, of- this, this is where we differ. I think <laughs> I think a lot of URC teams would finish in the top four. I, I, go, can, name you, I yeah. can name you six that would go, name, finish. Go, the top four. I, 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 don't, I don't think even Ulster's rotated players, though, and some of the players that like to play in the, pro, in the URC. I think they would struggle in the Premiership. Yeah, but I, think this, I think your first team Harvey's does very well in the Premiership. Don't get me wrong. I think your first Harvey's team does hit, very well. This is it. Harvey's hit the nail on the head is the fact that, like, if you're playing competitively week in, week out, squad rotation is so, so important. And yes, Ulster, Munster, maybe even a Connacht or the ERs or the South African teams. Yes, they're like, if all everyone was fit and available and had two weeks rest before a big game, then probably, yeah. I would say if you put them up against the Northampton Saints or Gloucester, they probably will win. It's just, is it not just talking about squads here? We're not talking about starting 15s. And I think for squad for squad, I think Ulster would struggle um, to finish in the top four, if not even get a European place. Munster, to be fair, would would still um, be up there with the likes. Is it not just what what, what they, in in the last few seasons, Ulster have beaten both Harlequins and Northampton home and away in Europe in the same season? Does that not mean that they're, Better than I know it's a one-off game, but they're they're consistently beating Premiership sides, and they've actually beaten Northampton three out of the last three times to play them because they beat them in the Challenge Cup in Franklin's Garden. So they've beaten Northampton three times, and Northampton are knocking on the door of the Premiership and the playoffs. If I'm right, so but there was there was yes, but like these we're talking one-off games where the culture of one club um, makes the mindset of the team very different to the other team. No, I, yeah, I, I've always said, I, I will agree with you in one sense, tell your first 15 top two in the premiership. Yeah. Like I've, I'll, I'll happily let you have that one. I just don't think your squad would fare as easily. I'm not, I'm maybe not going as extreme as like, you'd be well outside the playoffs, but I don't think you'd be. Yeah, but Northampton and all do I don't think it'd be as easy and... as you think. But, but, but the teams but... that are challenging for playoffs don't have, exceptional squads I just 
but but what about okay? Take off the Irish glasses because <clears throat> I think just uh, as Ireland are exception to the rule, the fact that they have four pretty decent competitive provinces. Like, what about like any of the Welsh, like the Welsh, the, the Welsh don't have a Scooby, like yeah, like no all of the Welsh regional teams. Would you really Tough, don't be saying this? I don't. I again, again, Cardiff. Yeah, but you can bring culture into really... it again. You can bring culture into it. The Welsh guys don't even care. They don't even care. But I don't want to be there. I can only no. compare what I watch on the TV and Cardiff Blues give Saracens a really good game in Europe in the Challenge Cup yeah. and then they play Gloucester Saracens then play Gloucester and absolutely dismantle them so that that's the only comparison I'm giving that the likes of Cardiff Blues and all could turn it on at the Cardiff I don't think, I, don't think you can I genuinely believe that I do and Josh Adams weekend, Lee Williams weekend. coming they're not a bad side that's because Cardiff Blues have been resting their European team for four weeks because they've been playing like the Dragons and Zebra. It's you not. Know? This is the, this is what I mean about the quality. It isn't that, but as bad but as people take, make. I, Even the Dragons aren't that bad. Leinster went down there and really struggled last year. Be, they're bad enough to be cut. You know. I just, I just think week in, week out. There is something unique to premiership teams. And that comes from a culture. That comes from mindset. You see it in the top 14 too. That week in, week out um, is, is unique. Uh, so European games are irrelevant, is what you're trying to say, because it's a one-off game. You need them in the league. To actually no, I'm saying in European games, the ERC teams will probably win against every team in the premiership. But maybe bar if Tigers... Um, or Asari's or whatever. I'm I'm totally conceding on that point that I think first 15 versus first 15, it is very hard to argue against the fact that in general, URC teams are I just so think, much more stronger. But I'm not arguing that. The, the quality, that. That, that section of quality, URC has but higher standards. You can split that into two. You have first 15 quality and then you have squad quality. And that's where we differ. All right, start naming me some squad players then, these incredible <laughs> I think players. it's just that... That it's are bad other Premiership teams. Martin. She <laughs> <laughs> was mine. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give no, you that. I do think. If Ulster went down and did a six-week tour in England, like playing the league and just playing the squad that you would usually play, and like just went and played Bristol, then Leicester, then Saris, and then you had Northampton on the back of that, I guarantee you that'd be a very different Northampton game this, than we, we, we do this naturally, but quarters or whatever. This, this isn't. This is not an Ulster debate. This is the URC. No, no, but you, like they're a very good Ulster, are a very good sample from the URC because they're not the out and out best team in the tournament, and they're by far not the worst. So, like as a good mean, as a good average, as a good representation of URC, that's why we use Ulster. Also, it's going to be really interesting next year when South African teams are in the Champions Cup. Because these are because then it gets into our whole because you can't you can't measure culture, you know it's 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 very it's it's, it's and they've still got Cur- the curry cups the curry cups still around so they can't play in free competitions really yeah so like there's an element where we can't have to bring all the South Africans back <laughs> yeah but we to see just in general how that'll go down because well we're we're moving into this last category of the future I'm talking the next five years what is going to be that what's going to be the league. That everyone's watching, and could it be the ERC? And it's not fair to say you can use fingers from South Africa and wheels and all. Like, what well, else do they, use they have? Then you have to be wary that they could be heavily influenced in one side. In my opinion, the neither of the, the I know this completely flows about all of our arguments, but neither of them are going to be the division we watch. It's going to be top 14. 
but that's for another day. <laughs> so out so of these four, two. <laughs> yeah, top 14 is highly competitive. These 42-42s that Zach loves between London Irish and Wasps, which are kind of <laughs> irrelevant in the league campaign, and both pick up a losing bonus point, a try bonus point, wow, and get hammered in Europe. That that's This is my point of the Premiership not being the quality that it is, but it's an entertaining... Big but top 14 is a completely different exciting. beast because you watch Toulouse lose on the weekend, you think, oh my God, you can actually beat them and then you play them in the Champions Cup and they're a beast. It's like... That's what I mean. They have both. They have quality <laughs> teams. Also, top 14 is different again because there's cultural... There's mindsets and cultures. Like, we've had we've had Bernard Jackman on and he's basically said that you don't try for away games. You know what I mean? Like, there's that whole other culture too, which is a bit different. But I think, go back to your original point, future-wise, it's hard to it's hard to ignore the growth of the ERC, especially the financial baggage. The only thing that's missing for the ERC is a respected broadcaster to broadcast the games. And it's, obviously, there's a whole other dynamic. Prime. That, Prime. Honestly, Prime. you see if Amazon Prime got it, because I think only Amazon Prime could do it, because BT Sport is situated in the UK. Sky Sports in terms of UK, is in UK. Because when you factor in the South African teams, like, Supersport have to show it, but then, like, the BBC, they also get all this thing. See if, see if Amazon Prime were to broadcast the URC games, <coughs> game over, we shouldn't even have this debate anymore because the URC will go on leaps and bounds. And the money that will be involved will attract even more South African players back to South Africa, and it'll grow the league and become really competitive. And, I mean, I'll more than happily... At that point, switch my Friday nights to watching, you know, the Cardiff Blues versus the Sharks. And you get free next day delivery with it. So, hey, hey, what a package. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I, I feel like. I don't, no, I do think that's like, the thing. It's just like the Premier Sports, unless you really care about Roma versus Bologna on a Saturday night, you're like, really why problem. are you going to get it? Like, it's, yeah. I'm not even funny, got some decent Serie A games, but that's about it. And some weird <laughs> other sports. <laughs> it's, no, I'm maybe it's, maybe Milan, it's just the, but, Serie A. Yeah, it's it's maybe it's just like customer behaviors. It's a it's a very businessy chat that we can maybe have one other day. But it is like it's a new broadcaster, and when Sky and BT have been around for as long as they have been, and you've got Amazon Prime pushing through the door as well, like it's you know it's a massive hill to climb. And yeah. maybe I don't want it to hamstring the URC because I believe if we want to go back to your original question, uh, in the next five years they'll be the league I would rather watch than the Premiership. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I'm the same, even I'm the one defending the Premiership. Like, the Sky Bet Championship is incredibly competitive. Doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is, the, the <laughs> top 14, to summarise, top 14 is what we everyone strives for. A competitive league, which gives you your 42 alls. Wow, this is amazing. As well as both teams have two sets of internationals, top quality teams, they can also compete in Europe, like Racing, La Rochelle, and Toulouse, all in the semi-finals of Europe. Like that's where it's at, and that's why it's scary. And the Brings of Africa was a big pull because now you have arguably the second and third best team in the world in a league, and then the other. But yeah, it'll be interesting as well that narrative of where the Premiership's going to go and where English rugby is going to go because it's at a real crossroads. But just to finally finish, I think the juiciness always was. If we have a 20-game season, what's the top six? URC, Prem combined. I'll start. Leinster, <laughs> Leinster, Monster, Ulster, Connor. No, I'm not, I'm not deluded. 
Leinster top it. Saracens finish second. Ooh, that's a surprise. Mon- that's a surprise. Monster finish third. Stuff is. Um, Do you think it's you and Leicester fighting out for fourth? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm throwing up my head. I'm going to go Leicester because their signings. Andre Pollard at 10 will carry them. Like You yeah. can't compete with that. Leicester for fourth, Ulster fifth. And that sixth spot, probably Harlequins. So it's more, it's more like we slower about, like it's probably tighter than we think. But below that, then I'm thinking Edinburgh and all Cardiff Blues and all are competing against Wasps, Worcester, Newcastle, like that. But that is where my debate's coming in in terms of the lower end of the RC is better than the lower end of the Prem. That's the way to put it. But on to you, Zach. I'd have Leinster every day of the week. Um, Leinster, I'd probably go Monster next. Then probably at the moment Tigers, Exeter. Um, you'd have to throw Ulster in there. We haven't even talked about any South African teams. The thing is, the home field advantage South African teams just haven't gone to that. Um, I, I actually forgot about South African teams. Chuck in. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave out the South African teams because they're unproven in Europe, sure. <laughs> um, Wait until they start battering on the English teams next year and then we're just like, great, yeah. cheers, lads. Um, I would then throw in oh, fifth. I am Ulster and then sixth. I think Ulster Harlequins. That'd be a fascinating matchup just to see over the course of a season. I think that's my top six. I can't even remember what I put. But yeah. Uh, not too not too much variation on my end it'd be the similar sort of stuff lens at the top I would probably go monster second as well maybe that's been a bit I don't know and then Leicester Leicester Saris Ulster and then Quinns I reckon I'd say for me why we can't judge the Swabber teams yet is because we don't watch enough of them I think that's fair enough to actually know and once we on don't even know. they haven't played English teams yet so like this is the whole thing they might just do it's well against like, Welsh teams and just suck against the Tigers like you never know <laughs> it is so hard to know but I'd I maybe chuck the um, oh, um, Stormers maybe Stormers are looking good in ERC but Hard to know, hard to know, but yeah. Anyway, well, we'll wrap up there. Um, just finally, before we do wrap up, um, we've touched on them a lot. <clears throat> Champions Cup final, Leinster versus La Rochelle. Who wins it? Leinster. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so in, it's in. It's in. Uh, I'm watching watching that once. Yeah, but. Uh, and that, that Leinster had just played yeah. Toulouse, who got, who were sent to the depths twice, and they were told to reproduce it again away from home. Like they were a team dead on I their think, feet. I think if Johnny, if Johnny Sexton is at the level he was at on the weekend, I can't see them getting past Leinster. Like that guy is just a monster. Um, not to mention the rest of the team, but just off that alone. I think Leinster either way win. we're watching it all together in Liverpool two weeks time we sure are we sure are yeah anyone that's been a first fan podcast remember to give us a like on Spotify Top Rugby Podcast follow us as well uh, Rugby Telf on Twitter Top Rugby Podcast on Instagram and YouTube at Top Rugby Podcast and good debate boys good debate and we'll catch you in five years when we can do it again to see <laughs> our predictions see if they're right but nah cheers boys cheers Cheers.